This is The Space Shot, episode 169 for October 30th, 2017. The Flying Bedstead. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. What do you get when you take a turbofan engine and strap fuel tanks and hydrogen peroxide rockets to an open frame structure? You get the LLRV, the Lunar Landing Research Vehicle, or as it was affectionately known, the Flying Bedstead. The Lunar Landing Research Vehicle number 1 was piloted by famed test pilot Joe Walker for the first time on October 30th, 1964 for a total of 60 seconds and reaching a maximum altitude of 10 feet. Later flights of the training vehicle were more ambitious because the craft had to simulate landing on the lunar surface. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you may remember that Walker was the first civilian to reach space. Check out episode 66 for more information about his historic X-15 flight. I can't believe that that episode was over 100 days ago, and I'm not going to lie, that's pretty cool. The LLRVs were successful enough that NASA placed an order with Bell Aerosystems for three LLTVs, or Lunar Landing Training Vehicles that cost $2.5 million each in the mid-1960s. Once the LLTVs were complete, NASA had a fleet of five vehicles to train Apollo astronauts. The Lunar Lander Research Vehicles look similar to the Apollo Lunar Module. The position of the legs and cockpit are roughly the same. I watched an interesting video of a talk that Neil Armstrong gave on the history of the lunar landing research vehicles. He was explaining how the turbofan on the aircraft automatically adjusted to simulate how the vehicle would react in the reduced lunar gravity. This lunar landing simulation mode was challenging, Armstrong saying that deceleration in this mode was like trying to stop a downhill putt on a green. And if any of you golf or have ever played putt-putt, you'll know the futility of yelling at your ball as it's rolling downhill. The centrally mounted turbofan gave enough power to simulate the reduced gravity of a moon landing, allowing for Apollo astronauts to practice approaches and landings for their missions to the moon. The video of the talk that Neil Armstrong gave is worth the watch if you've got about a half hour or so. One of my other favorite anecdotes from this talk is when he shares how the manhole covers at the test facilities could be blown off by the exhaust from the turbofan on the training vehicles. Ground crews had to weld some of these manhole covers down as a result of the turbofan exhaust. Even though the trainers were dangerous, with three of the five vehicles crashing, astronauts felt that they were critical to the success of the Apollo program. During his talk, Armstrong reiterated how the astronauts felt about these flights and how they were critical to the success of the lunar landings. If Armstrong thought they were important, who are we to argue with the first man to walk on the moon? Now I've got some more recent space history for today. The STS-61 mission with the Space Shuttle Challenger lifted off on October 30, 1985 with eight astronauts on board. That's the record for the most people to launch into space on the same spacecraft, and it's a record that could hold for some time. 
The seven-day mission included a German-sponsored space lab, which housed experiments on capillarity, fluid physics, and biological studies. Three ESA astronauts also flew on this mission, Reinhard Furrer, Ernst Messerschmidt, and Vubo Ockels, the first Dutch astronaut. STS-61 was also interesting because the Challenger was controlled by teams at Johnson Space Center, while the science operations were run from the German Space Operations Center in what was at the time West Germany. The crew met the science objectives for this mission, bringing back results of the physiological experiments that had been conducted during the mission. Sadly, this was the last time that the Space Shuttle Challenger would fly into space. Now I've got a bit of space news before I go. Earlier today, SpaceX successfully launched their 16th mission of the year, doubling their previous record of 8 launches. There's still a few more missions to go this year for SpaceX, so it's going to be interesting to see what they can set for a company record. Today's landing on the drone ship, Of Course I Still Love You, was the 19th successful landing of a Falcon 9 rocket, another astonishing achievement for the SpaceX team. Eric Berger with Ars Technica has a post on the launch, noting that if SpaceX can finish the year with 19 missions, quote, that total would be one shy of the company's total for 2014, 2015, and 2016 combined. I'll have a link to his article in the show notes. Since you're here, why don't you let me know what you think of the podcast by leaving a review in iTunes or in Google Play Music. It takes just a minute to do that, and it makes a huge difference because it helps even more people find the show. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. Connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or click the link in the show notes. Tomorrow, Expedition 1. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.